Welcome to Rooting For You, a seasonal gardening podcast for non-experts. I'm Tess and I know nothing. And I'm Elise and I know some things. Each week we'll chat about one gardening topic and then discuss the effort reward payoff by asking, is the juice worth the squeeze? Just a heads up, there might be a bit of swearing in this episode. You've been warned. Today we're talking about asparagus. Now I love asparagus and I'm also fascinated by the fact that asparagus makes some people's pea smell a little bit sulfuric. Elise, did you know about this? I did, although (laughs) I wouldn't have used the term sulfuric, I would have just said stinky. (laughs) Well, I use the term sulfuric because I did a bit of Googling in advance of today's episode. So, according to the Cleveland Clinic, this only actually affects between 20 and 50% of people. Are you surprised that that's low? It surprised (laughs) me that it was low. Maybe not. Maybe it's the people who it affects care. (laughs) I'm just wondering, am I in that cohort or not? I'm not certain. Well, let let me just get through my facts and we can get on to that. So, um, it can shop as quickly as 15 to 30 minutes after eating asparagus. And for those people who it doesn't affect, it could be for two reasons. So the first one is everyone digests food differently. And secondly, which is what really gets me, some people lack the ability to detect the odour simply because of genetic variations. (laughs) So I could be in the cohort, but I don't even realise. Also, I should say, it seems completely normal, like a completely normal bodily reaction. So if you if you love eating asparagus, don't stop eating it because oh of this. Oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> and also, presumably no one else is smelling it but you, so don't worry. <laughs> well, that is a good point, too. <laughs> oh, okay, well, we're really selling the asparagus <laughs> going into the episode. But you love asparagus, so actually this might be more interesting to you than some of the others we've done. I really love asparagus. What I'm worried about straight from the get-go mm. is whether it's going to fall into the same category as carrots. Mm. But let's get let, – we'll come back to that at squeeze I will, time. Yeah, I will not answer that. We'll, okay. we'll discuss and then <laughs> we'll see. Although I do think that often my opinion actually changes throughout our discussion too. Oh, really? Yeah, so what I might – Like, I mean, you know, some things I might be pretty confident from the get-go. Yeah. But other things, they def- it definitely changes. So let's uh, talk about growing asparagus. Let's do it. Okay. First thing you need to know about asparagus is it's the same as rhubarb in that it's a perennial stay in the ground all year round Mm -hmm. forevermore. I would say if you haven't listened to the rhubarb episode, even if you don't really want to grow rhubarb, maybe go back and listen to that because it is a very different thought process for a vegetable that's a perennial because we, other than rhubarb, we haven't actually talked about any because there hardly are any. And so... Apart from both being perennials, mm. they're also grown the same way. Exactly. Now's the time to plant them. They're grown from crowns. And actually, even though they look very different and obviously eat very different, they are pretty much the same thing. I mean, okay, they're definitely not the same thing. But <laughs> <laughs> from a growing perspective, if you understand one, you'll understand the other a yeah, lot better. Yeah, same methodology. Exactly. So listen to rhubarb. I will also say I don't think asparagus is a beginner crop. Mm-hmm. Not because it's not easy, but because it takes a really long time to establish. Ah, okay. So if you are someone who, you know, wants a quick win, Mm. this is not your quick win for starters. Secondly, if you're likely to move house a lot. 
Mm. It's probably actually not going to be a great crop for you either. This is a crop we put in the ground, we put in a bit of effort now, and it will actually give us asparagus for 30 years. Whoa. Yeah. And once it's going, it's not a lot, like it's not a big deal to kind of keep it going. So it is in many ways a very convenient crop, but you will not be eating asparagus for at least two years. Okay. It's almost like a fruit tree category, right? Like once yeah. the tree's going. It's great. It's great. But the effort you got to put in yeah. starts now. you got to get there. Yeah. You can grow asparagus in a pot. I mean, I'm jumping ahead. So if you do move around a lot, but it's going to be a big, big pot. Yeah. Frankly, I, I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first caveat. The other thing about that though is because they do live up for 30 years, I bet you there are plenty of people who have asparagus in their garden and don't even realise because someone else has planted it there at some point and it doesn't necessarily look asparagus-y. Okay. If you well, let how it would you know? Well, hopefully now we've talked about it and you've got an idea of what you're looking for. Okay. If so, I wouldn't say that, you know, just along the border of your garden there might be some asparagus, but if someone had a veggie patch mm. in a property that you're now in, there is a good chance that there's asparagus in it. Mm-hmm. So look out for that. That could be a real win. So in the meantime, assuming you don't already have an asparagus patch that you didn't know about, <laughs> let's talk about growing it. Exactly the same as the rhubarb discussion. You can grow it from seed or you can buy a crown. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend a crown. They're really cheap. You're going to put one in and it's going to last you 30 years. It's going to give you at least a year plus of like established growth, which is what we want. Mm-hmm. You know, seeds are finicky enough when we're growing lettuce. We don't just go the crown. I saw them in uh, a nursery a couple of days ago. It was like a bag of them. I think it was like two in there for like eight bucks or something. Like, Oh, yeah. So cheap. cheap. And for anyone who hasn't listened to the rhubarb episode, a crown is like this thing that sits below the ground. So you don't see it once you you plant that and the plant will grow out from it. Exactly. It kind of looks like... Like a sea creature. I can see that it looks like a crown in that, you know, how crowns have the base mm. of the head and then the spike, you know, the, the traditional, like the, yeah. em, the emoji crown yeah, yeah. has the shooty up ears. Mm. So I get that. That actually is kind of yeah. what happens in spring. <laughs> yeah. So I would recommend buying a crown. Crowns are sold and planted in winter, hence mm-hmm. why we're talking about them today. If you want to grow from seed, or you can also buy seedlings of asparagus, you would do this in spring. Okay. Same advice, but hold off until the weather's a bit warmer but if you can get a crown get a crown you can buy them online as well because it's kind of like a bare-rooted fruit tree that it doesn't need to be in soil you know throughout winter it's a really easy one for people to send and transport mm-hmm. and i think that's also why it's so cheap it doesn't have as much kind of maintenance as like a seedling does in spring yep. so get your hands on a crown there are a few types of asparagus which we all know as elisa's favorite thing when it comes different to growing varieties. Right? different varieties <laughs> there's three main ones that get around there's like the standard green that would be what you would buy when you go to the the fruiterer yourself mm-hmm. i think that one's usually called a mary washington then there's the humongous spears Ooh. this variety is called fat bastard <laughs> <laughs> don't shoot the messenger <laughs> These are massive, massive fat asparagus spears. So if that's appealing to you, I grow a fat bastard. Why not? How fat is the fat bastard? Oh, um, fat. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that it's like. Like, a co- like coin size. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, 
we like say a twenty we say, cent piece. Oh, that's twenty pretty, cent coin. Yeah, that's pretty fat. Yeah, 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 pretty fat. So like maybe it'd be the equivalent of like three regular spears. And uh, taste is similar. Yeah. Oh, there you similar. go. Yeah. So that one's a bit of fun. And why not? If you're going to grow your own, go the fat bastard. Yeah, it's really something to sink your teeth into. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Uh, and then the last one, which I also grow and I really like, is a purple asparagus. Mm-hmm. I think it's called sweet purple or something. I don't know. Kind of tastes the same. Maybe it's even sweeter and it's got a really beautiful purple colour, mm. which again is a bit of fun. So I grow uh, both the fat bastard in the green and the purple fat bastard purple or you have oh, purple sorry no fat bastard which is green yes and then and your, a purple, your purple one yeah purple variety as well but that's just a regular size that's just a regular size okay <laughs> no white ones i don't know if you can get fat bastard purple <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny you bring up the white asparagus because i did want to make mention of this white asparagus is not actually a thing you cannot – now you're thinking, well, it is because <laughs> I've eaten it and I've seen it. <laughs> so there's no white variety of asparagus. What white asparagus is, is any other variety. could be your Mary Washington, could be your purple, could be your old fat bastard. That's been grown in the dark. Oh. Yeah, so sunlight contributes the chlorophyll, which makes the colour, especially the green colour. So if you have an asparagus coming up and you keep it in the dark, a common way like a home gardener would do this is to like wrap it in newspaper – it will oh. stay white. Whoa. I know. So if you're eating that fancy white asparagus, someone has put in a lot of effort to grow that. Wow. So you would just cover each – I mean, I'm picturing the spears mm. come up. Yeah. You're wrapping each spear mm-hmm. in a bit of newspaper. Mm-hmm. Or in some other way, excluding every spear from light. That is a lot of love. Yeah. I know. And it's not like you can say, oh, I'm just going to grow my asparagus in the garage and then it's <laughs> all going to be dark because, as we know, you can't grow a plant in the dark. So it's like as that shooty uppy comes up, you're excluding the light from that shooty uppy. I wonder how the first person to do that mm. found out mm-hmm. that that was a thing. There are other vegetables and I can't think of any. Celery is probably the one that's coming to mind. But this is – a thing right but yeah who started this and and why why? (laughs) (laughs) but i'll tell you what i will not be growing any white asparagus yeah okay understood Um, but it does make me appreciate it a lot more when i see it Mm. which is very rarely but yeah when it when it comes around maybe that's also why it's quite small because it's like it's had it's had the sunlight excluded it can't yeah grow to its full potential but that's a super fun fact for mm. when you do see white asparagus you if you never grow asparagus and you've listened to this episode you've learned something new. <laughs> so pick your variety of asparagus when you're buying your crown here's the other fun thing about asparagus each plant is either a male or a female okay this is very unusual in the vegetable world because pretty much all the vegetables we grow, think about like a zucchini, it has male and female mm. plants on the same plant, but the plant doesn't have a gender. Yep. The other plant that I can think of that we would commonly grow that has a gender is kiwi fruits. They're male and female as well. Now, with a kiwi fruit, you need a male and female plant because the fruit is what we want to harvest. Mm-hmm. And the fruit is the, is the reproduction of of the reproduction of the two genders, right? With asparagus, the shooty uppies, the asparagus's piece spears, the asparagus spears that we eat aren't the production of reproduction. They're like just part of the plant. Okay. So rather than 
two people getting together and having a baby. Mm. This is just one person growing extra limbs. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the kiwi fruit, the fruit... Is two, is, two is plants getting together and having a baby. It's having a baby. Here, yeah, this is, yeah, we're chopping off their hair, for want of a better term. <laughs> they don't need to reproduce. So unless you desperately want to reproduce your own asparagus from seed, which... I feel absolutely certain every single person listening to this podcast <laughs> does not. Does not. Uh, there's no reason to have both. Okay. Now, I have often seen asparagus sold, and it won't even tell you what gender it is. Cool. Doesn't Just matter. Buy whatever. Although it is well accepted or thought that male asparagus produces better spears. Oh, is that just the patriarchy talking though? Well, usually in the, <laughs> look, I was surprised to hear this because usually in the plant world uh, and even in, you know, agriculture when it comes to animals, the females are always the more valued. This is the first time I've ever heard anyone <laughs> want a male plant. And same with the kiwi fruits, for example, like the male plant's just such a pain in the ass because it doesn't give you any fruit. So here we go. First time you're going to be looking out for the male plant. But it doesn't matter. Like if you, you just, It doesn't you, matter. Yeah, okay. I have both. Do you see a difference between – or you don't know which is which uh, at this stage? So I have both. I don't know why I have both. I can't remember if I consciously bought both or I didn't know what genders they were. The only reason I know I have both is I can tell by looking at the plants now what gender they are. No one – like, no one cares. <laughs> it's not necessary. <laughs> don't worry about it. How are they different? Well, because in the warmer months, the female will grow these little red berries oh. and that's where the seeds are. Right, okay. So if I only had female plants, those little red berries would be sterile, basically. They would never produce asparagus. Yep. But because I've got male and female, those berries potentially are... What you could use it? them to get seeds from yeah, them. Yeah, and they could drop into my asparagus patch land and then self-seed and okay. actually create more asparagus. So I don't hate that. Yeah, sure. Until it's berry time or fruiting flower, I don't know what you even call them, until that time, I can't tell by looking at them what gender they are. Mm-hmm. But I do notice come the warmer months, I'm like, oh, okay, you're a girl, you're a boy. I don't know if I see any difference. But in the spears, mm. still look the same, taste the same? Yeah. Right. Okay. It is said, though, that the male will kind of outperform in the long run. So the female might give you 20 years of asparagus, but the male will give you 30 years, for example. Okay. So maybe I haven't quite hit my stride with it. Sure. Okay. So if you have no interest in reproducing asparagus seeds just get males just get a male but it doesn't really matter and if you don't know don't worry about it okay but the last thing i want is people stressing when they're shopping uh and if it does have a gender on it thinking like other plants that we need both you don't oh that's a very good point yeah so you mentioned before that you saw a packet recently that had two crowns in it for eight bucks Mm. what kind of spacing are we talking about like how many crowns should we be buying for the space that we've got Mm, good point how many how much asparagus are you going to get per yeah crown? And, and how much how much space does that crown mm. need we would plant them 50 centimeters apart and i would say they're going to kind of grow in like a 50 centimeter radius out from the crown okay so that's actually like a meter wide mm-hmm. so one crown is going to take up actually a significant amount of space in your garden I would say, like, I can't think of, like, a number, like, how many asparagus spears you're going to get per one. But I'd say between two, I'd say most people, maybe just two, four if you're really keen on asparagus. But, like, if you if you were growing one, I would say just grow one. Ha- and, and how many spears 
I have no idea. And the other thing is each year that goes on, you get more and more spears. Are we talking like you get 10 spears or you get significantly more than that? In the first year that you harvest, (laughs) year three, you might get 10 spears. Okay. Moving forward, you would get significantly more. Okay. Oh, look, I'll give this a Google and we'll we'll include it somewhere. (laughs) I don't know. I'm also not at my full stride with my asparagus patch myself. So I'm harvesting some, but I'm only maybe on year three. Okay. Or maybe this spring will be my fourth year. So I'm expecting big things. And they, the shooty up is come in spring. Yes. So do you want to just run through the life cycle? Yeah. The yearly life cycle of the plant? Yeah. Good thinking. We plant them in winter. If we've got crowns. If we've got crowns. You will see nothing in winter. Once that crown's in the soil, there's nothing above the soil. So it's just bare bed. Bare patch. And you're not planting anything else there in winter? You are absolutely not planting anything else. Asparagus is a very finicky little thing which we'll come to talk about but no in winter you have to just accept it's going to be a dead zone Mm -hmm. come spring you're going to get shitty uppies which are asparagus that's going to be the main time you're going to harvest them they also come up quite early and we've talked about this a lot that in early spring there's actually not a lot you're eating Mm. in the patch asparagus really fills a very nice void in that early spring harvest Mm. Which, I mean, we're not at the assessment of this plant, but I think that does play into it. If it was an autumn fruit, I'd be like, there's so many other easy things yeah. going on. Early spring, they shoot up. What will also happen is, and again, we'll get to this in the maintenance, but you'll leave some of those asparagus spears to kind of fully grow. So asparagus spear is like, it's almost a seedling, and then it actually grows into this very ferny frond. Ooh. That looks a bit like wild fennel, if anyone's seen that. This is why I say you could have an asparagus patch and not realise, because once it's in its ferny frond tree land yeah. time, it doesn't look anything like an asparagus. Mm. And you know on the tip of an asparagus how you have those little like points that kind of come together and there's lots of them that make up kind of the head? Yeah. When that is allowed to grow, each of those little things kind of grow off into like a ferny branch. Oh, that sounds quite nice. Yeah, they're quite nice. And often people will incorporate them into some kind of like visually appealing garden as well because you can harvest them and you can kind of see them coming up. So that's what's going to happen. So in spring, you're going to be eating most of them, but you're going to let some go into this ferny frond state. Then over summer and autumn, you're going to have this ferny frond situation. That is actually feeding the crown under the soil Mm -hmm. that's why we let some of them go to frond stage okay stage they'll feed the soil then come late autumn they're going to start dying down they're going to go yellow they might actually just fully die altogether we're going to cut them back at the earth so cut them completely off Mm mm-hmm we're back to winter where there's nothing in the patch. Well, nothing visible in the patch. And that's just with a little – with a pair of secateurs, you just snip them off at, or a sharp at knife. the ground. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Simple as that. And then we're back to this cycle. So the crown then rests over winter. Come spring again, we're going to get shitty uppies. But the crown's going to be bigger than it was the first year. Mm. So we're going to get more shitty uppies. Okay. And like your crown analogy at the start, every year the crown gets bigger. It grows out horizontally. Mm. Sure, it grows vertically somewhat, but really it's a horizontal growth. And it's from the crown going outwards that the shooty uppies, the asparagus spears, come off. So over time, you'll have asparagus spears in this centre right where you planted the crown. You'll be able to see exactly where you planted it. 
because that's where all your asparagus will be. But over time, as the crown grows out, you'll end up with like a carpet of asparagus, mm. which is really just living the dream, right? Yeah. If you've got a bed that's – if you plant one crown and you've left a radius of 50 centimetres around it, so basically a metre wide, and that whole thing, the crown – and the crown will take up, if given the right – love and nutrients it will take up that whole meter squared you will have a whole meter squared of asparagus now i'm saying that that's a shitload of asparagus <laughs> it is yeah it's a huge amount so i mean one crown for a two-person household i would say would be fine maybe a four-person household go two but again got to be in it for the long game yep and space is a thought. And space anyway we're getting on to squeezy juice we are so you have get you, your crowns you get your crowns what is super important i cannot stress this enough the soil they grow in has to be tip top. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go as far as to say out of every plant we have ever talked about on this podcast, there may not be one that likes its food more than asparagus. Oh, okay. Two things going on here. One, it is a heavy feeder. There's no debating that. But secondly, this is going in the ground for 30 years. <laughs> Okay, we're we're not getting the chance. Sure, we can top dress and we will add compost and mulch mm-hmm. and we will add manure over the time, but we aren't able to dig up all that soil and give it a good going over mm. for 30 years. So I need you to nail this now. We want it to be really friable and well-drained. Mm-hmm. Really important. We need shitloads of manure. Excuse the pun. <laughs> I want heaps of manure. I want you digging up that area that you're planting the asparagus and not just the hole because the crown's going to be quite small, right? Mm. I don't want you just working that little hole where the crown is going. I want you working the whole metre of this bed, Mm -hmm. the whole thing, digging it down. I mean, if you were really committed to the cause, you'd dig down like half a metre Mm -hmm. and really work all this soil. Heaps of compost, but even compost is not as nutrient-rich often as manure, so we want both. Mm-hmm. I want you making that the most beautiful soil you have ever seen. And when I say rich and friable and well-drained, in the same way when you pick up a bag of potting mix, and, I'm, and potting mix isn't great because it's not alive, but, you know, it's just like it's so loose. Mm. We really want that. We don't want, like, chunks of clay, that kind of thing, in mm-hmm. our asparagus patch. Another trick here is... Dig a hole in your asparagus patch, fill it with water and watch how fast it drains. If you come back half an hour later and that hole still has half water in it, yeah, we got a problem. If you are worried about the drainage or you don't, you're not really able to work that soil as deep as what you might think you need to, what you can do is kind of mound up the soil. So if you're planting this, if you're planting this in a raised garden bed, that's kind of easier. If you're planting this in the ground what you can do is actually build up a mound that might add i don't know 20 30 centimeters on top so you can just layer the good stuff on Mm -hmm. top and then plant into that that's always going to help with drainage because you can imagine even when it rains water is not going to collect above ground level effectively so a raised garden bed is really good for asparagus i grow mine in the ground only because raised garden breads you're going to use a lot of them for like, I mean, I've got like six plants, so this would be quite a big. Mm. So mine are in the ground. They're doing fine in the ground. I will say probably if I had my time again, I would have put them in raised garden beds just to really nail the drainage and really make sure I had worked the soil well enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did, but we'll see. Every year now I'm really working on topping it up. 
but I wish I'd just done it yeah, at the start. Yeah, because what's tricky is once it's in the ground, once it's in, in the ground. Exactly. And I planted it oh, – maybe I planted it four years ago. Anyway, I planted it before I knew as much as I know now, so I wish I had have done more work on the soil. Anyway, you, now listening, don't make my mistake, <laughs> do more work on the soil and if, if it suits you, mound up your patch. Mm-hmm. Where in the garden are we putting it? Full sun, part full, sun? Full sun. Full sun. Full sun. Well, so this is a full sun plant that's oh, going to be there handle, for... Can it handle some shade? No, I've decided it can't handle some shade. <laughs> <laughs> it's going full sun. So you're right. Full sun, a metre squared, that's decent. And you, and you can't use it in winter. And you can't use it in winter. Oof, okay. <laughs> I know. You must really love your asparagus. Now, because you've bought a crown and it doesn't have to get planted straight away, I'm also going to say there's no excuse for not preparing your patch properly. Like, you know, when you buy a seedling and you're like, shit, I've got to get this in the ground <laughs> yeah, like sure. today. I'm yeah. like, no, nah, you've got a crown. You've got all winter to get this bad boy in the ground. So work it over. When it does come to planting... 50 centimetres apart. Yep. Make sure you plant it the right way up. Yes, which we spoke about in the rhubarb. Exactly. Mm. Which surprisingly is difficult. <laughs> Give it a Google to make sure you're planting it the right way up. Rem- and pots? You yeah, mentioned before. Can do it. It's going to be a big pot. Yeah. It's going to be a very big pot, but yes, you can do it. It would it be, be a huge pot. It'd be a huge pot. It will be happy in a pot because you're not going to have the drainage issues that you can have in the ground and obviously you can really enrich the soil when you plant into it. But even if you planted it into a pot, you're going to have to change that soil. Like no pot is happy for 30 years. Mm. And again, we don't have the worms, blah, blah, blah. So look, really wouldn't recommend it unless you are die hard for asparagus. And know that you might move around. And know that you might move around. But other than that, get it in the yeah, ground. Yeah, it's a small Venn diagram. It is. I would say probably if it was in a smaller pot, like most things, it's just gonna you're just gonna get less asparagus. Mm. But I don't know. It's if you're not, gonna do work for me. it, you wanna Yeah, it's not speaking to me. Not speaking to me. Now when you plant it in the ground, you wanna kinda like spread the roots out because mm-hmm. we want to encourage that crown to spread out across our garden bed and then it's gonna give us more shitty uppies. But really planting it's like that's a five minute job. Yeah. <laughs> Preparing the soil, that might take you a few hours, but planting the crown, not a big deal. And we're only planting one, two, three of them. So that's that's easy. You're then going to water them in, make sure there's no air bubbles around the crown, which is why we water everything in. I don't know why I'm making a point of it on this particular <laughs> episode. Uh, and we're also just going to, again, make sure that that water drains when mm-hmm. we water it in. And then we're going to do nothing until spring. Great. Another thing about the asparagus which makes it a little bit high maintenance is it really hates weeds. It is not up for the weeds. Right. (laughs) I suspect this is because given the crown is quite shallow and it's spreading out and the shooting uppies are coming from that, if you've got weeds around your asparagus, it's going to kind of smother that crown and you're not going to get the shooting uppies. You have to keep it weed free. Can you mulch over that area? Yes, absolutely. And the best way to maintain this weed-free, well-fed, happy soil is to mulch. Right. I mulch it in winter when when I plant them, if I was planting them, or, you know, as maintenance every winter, I mulch it now. Okay. A lot of people say don't mulch in winter because then as spring, as the soil warms up, you're actually stopping, you're keeping the soil cool. So you're stopping your kind of spring flush. Does that make Mm. sense? Yeah, no, 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 it does. I don't really – I don't know if that's the thing or not. I don't care. I just do it anyway. Look, if you're worried about it, you could 
pull it back. Well, mulch immediately mm. after you chop down your shooty guppies at mm. the end of yeah. the end of autumn. Mulch then, yeah. and then scrape a bit off as it starts right. to as it starts to warm and up. And that will probably by the if you put it if you did it at the end of autumn, it's going to have a lot of it's going to disintegrate yeah. by yeah. That's a good point. What is worse? What is the worst thing for the asparagus other than poorly draining crap soil is weeds. So even if this did somewhat impinge on my spring growth, which I don't think it is, I would prefer that than a weedy bed. So when you plant it, you've obviously worked the soil. There won't be any weeds in. I would absolutely be mulching it upon planting. And you can go quite thick. You'll see the asparagus spears shooting up through Mm -hmm. quite a thick layer of autumn leaves or straw or whatever it is. So you can do that. Not you should can do that. You should do that. <laughs> Are we clear on the planting before I go through the maintenance? Yes. So we need a metre squared in full sun, one crown per that space. Yeah. It plants shallow and it spreads out. Yep. Planted in the same way that we plant the rhubarbs as well. Make sure they're watered in. Good drainage. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. Here's another thing which I did say to a friend of mine, Pauline, who I'm sure will be listening to this episode, When given they're so cheap, right, and they take so long to establish, I don't hate the idea if you've got a metre squared of planting four in there, giving them a few years to establish, and then you can actually take two of them out. Oh, you can dig them up. You can dig them up. You've got to be very careful doing it, yeah. but you absolutely can, and you can move them somewhere else. So I don't hate that because a metre squared, when the first plant is actually not going to take up that whole space for three or four years mm. seems like a lot of soil to just be sitting there bare. So I thought if she kind of planted four in there in each corner, over the first couple of years as they're growing out, she's going to get asparagus kind of utilising that whole metre squared for asparagus. That's not going to last forever, but then she can carefully dig them out, plant them elsewhere. Goodness, you could sell them. They'd be, you know, they're pretty valuable once they're that huge. Mm. Put them elsewhere and then leave that bed for those, for the one or two plants you've left in there to yep. kind of take over. Don't hate that. Yeah, it's an option. Mm. Even if you got rid of them after two, three or four years, you've, you're going to have, have got more asparagus during that time. And we all know how much I love utilising every bit of space possible. <laughs> Let's talk long-term maintenance. The first two years after planting your crown, you will get shooty uppies. If you plant a crown now, you will get asparagus spears in spring, guarantee it. Maybe only one or two. You have to just leave them. Yeah, so that they can become the fronds. The fronds and, and then get the all the nutrients for the crown. Exactly. So that's what we're going to do. It's going to be very tempting to harvest them. Don't leave them there. The frondy things will just go about their business. Sometimes they fall over and if it's really windy, they can fall over and break. So sometimes I put a stake in and just like loosely tie them up. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to. I just find that's like neater. My yeah. OCD like kicks in. And I guess like depending on how windy or exposed exposed, sorry not how windy how exposed your space yeah exactly i have noticed some break now i don't really care because i've got so many but back in Mm. the start when i was like each spear was just amazing (laughs) i was like i don't want anything happening to you these frondy things will grow about a meter high so it's not like they're not like trees but But they look nice yeah they do that's good yeah i mean you're not cutting them bring them into a for a vase i wouldn't say but like as far as the veggie patch goes i think they're on the nicer end okay of the plants you're gonna leave them there all summer so mm-hmm. actually, really, you're not going to do anything for this patch the first couple of years other than obviously keep it well watered and keep it weeded. Mm-hmm. Come autumn, you're going to go yellow and die back, cut them off at ground level, as Tess said, then you're going to mulch it to make sure no weeds come up. Over winter, you'll have a very ugly bare patch. I'm sorry about that. Nothing we can do. 
then come spring, this whole cycle starts again. In winter, I absolutely use this time to load on heaps more manure and compost okay. and feed. Blood and bone is another thing. Obviously, that's a purchased one, so I like to go with the, the home options more. But blood and bone is another thing that the asparagus will really like. Mm-hmm. So you can give that like a top dress of blood and bone. So winter is just an easy time to do it because the patch is empty. After two years of doing this, then you can start harvesting some of your spears. I would still leave a couple of ones in the patch to frond up just to keep that crown developing. You probably don't need me to tell you to do that because what you will find is the spears actually grow incredibly fast. And because it's like a seedling, right, it's actually you'd be surprised. There's only a couple of days that it's at the right size. Oh. It will shoot up. You'll see this like little pencil knob stick out of the soil. Within two days, it'll be the size that you'd harvest. Oh, that's, I mean, that's really good to note about. It is. And what often happens for me is I see, so my asparagus is planted kind of not where I go every day. It's in a bit of a separate section with my rhubarb. So I often see a little, you know, knob sticking out of the earth and I'm like, oh, great, that's going to be an asparagus. I come back four days later. And the thing's already started fronding. And when it's fronding, you can't – can you not eat it? We can, but it's it's woody as all hell. Right. Okay. So, so you don't you want to want to. Yeah, yeah, it's not like you can't, but you don't want to. And once you have once you start seeing it frond, like that tight head that we know about asparagus will just start like expanding out. Once you see that, it's like don't even bother harvesting <laughs> okay. it. Okay. So naturally – so now where I'm at with it, when I see them in their perfect size, I always harvest them and then I – always miss some and they end up being the frondies over summer Mm, okay so that kind of works yeah yeah so i suppose the funny thing is you'd be surprised at how immature an asparagus spear is yeah like it's literally the same as eating a microgreen yeah Mm. which doesn't that doesn't happen very often that we're eating something so quickly from being able to see it no it also it doesn't and especially being something that does produce berries and seeds the fact that we're eating the arm of the plant that'd be like eating the leaves of the tomato it's very strange yeah but delicious delicious so i think that's everything you need to know which is quite a bit a lot of water yes a lot of water okay anything we need to worry about in terms of fertilizing or just getting that in winter getting that compost additional blood and bone on as a top top soil yeah i think if you've done a really good job of your soil once a year feeding would be enough. If you've already got asparagus in the garden and you're listening to this and you're thinking, I would give it a couple of blood and bone top dresses during okay. the growing season, especially going into spring. So, yeah, late winter, early spring is a good time. I wouldn't. I don't think you need to worry about any like liquid fertilizers or anything like okay. that. You got bigger problems than that. In- <laughs> <laughs> so many. Um, anything we need to worry about in terms of pests, the- bugs. Slugs? Yeah, slugs and snails are going to be your only one. They, again, because they like the uh, wet weather, early spring, which is asparagus shooty-uppy time, is a great time for slugs and snails. So they can eat the tops of the asparagus as they're coming up. Sometimes I find it an issue, sometimes I don't. I would just kind of watch out for it. If you've only got one shooty-uppy in your first year, (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I think they. I don't think they do enough damage on a shooty uppy to kill it, but you okay. might. They might do enough, da- enough damage that you're not wanting to eat it. Yeah, sure. So it's probably okay. But once that early spring wet 
damp weathers kind of through and there's quite a few shitty uppies coming up, I find then they're not an issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's the other thing is we talk about it being a spring harvest. It is, but the shitty uppies will continue throughout summer. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I see plenty of shooty uppies during summer. I don't really know why we exclusively see this as a as a spring as thing, a spring yeah. harvest. I assume they're just as delicious as the spring versions. I mean when you're tasting them, are they just as delicious? Well yeah, I think oh, so. Well, there you go. <laughs> I think so. Happy days. I'll look into it more. But yeah, to me they seem like it's not it, I don't want people thinking it's one of these crops that's gonna be in the ground all year and you're gonna get this like one week of spring asparagus and then you're gonna be done. Okay. I am. So you are Google. going to get asparagus for a while. For a while, yeah. At least throughout the entire spring and mm-hmm. early summer. Yes. Anything else to add? There is a thing called asparagus rust, which again, rust can come up on a lot of plants we've talked about. I don't think it's very common. And if you've got it, you're going to know about it and you need to Google it and deal with it. The varieties that I've mentioned at the start, a lot of them have been chosen to be rust resistant. Okay. I've never had any rust in my garden. But, you know, I read people talking about it. Okay. (laughs) I think for all intents and purposes, other than the feeding requirement and the weeding requirement, there isn't a lot that's going to piss your asparagus off other than those. Mm -hmm. Oh, how's the pun? (laughs) 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 We've talked about a lot, but we've got to do squeezy juice. So the big question... Is the juice worth the squeeze? This is where we look at the effort-reward ratio of today's topic. The categories are Superstar, high effort, high reward. Completing this will make you feel like an absolute rock star. Best on ground, low effort, high reward. Quick wins and fill-ins, low effort, low reward. And finally, the wooden spoon, high effort, but not much reward. There is a lot I've put into this episode and there is a lot of pros and cons and situations flying around. For an asparagus lover who is also a beginner gardener with a relatively small patch, what are we thinking? Before I talk about my small patch, I'm going to talk about asparagus generally. generally. Okay, let's go. Things I like, mm. you put it in, it's there for 30 years. That's Love a serious that. class. Once you have an established plant, you will have a metre squared effectively or meter circled of asparagus asparagus Mm. which is a lot Mm. and that sounds great doesn't it it's perennial yep which sounds great Mm -hmm. it's it's tasty it's it's also quite expensive to buy like it's not a cheap veggie you know why now (laughs) (laughs) exactly so that does play into it we don't often mention that but i feel like that is yeah okay Mm. so those are the pros as i see them cons oh can i add one more pro okay sure they do taste better than the purchased. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's... I mean, I say that about everything, though, don't I? But, yes, I do think... It's genuinely... Genuinely a thing. Do you know, on that, I think when you're ever, like, out and about at those, like, cafes and restaurants that do farm to fork, or, you know, mm. I don't know, whatever Pro- fancy things people call paddock it. Paddock to plate. <laughs> paddock to plate, you know. <laughs> One of those fancy terms. Um I'm going to look out for asparagus on the menu. Mm, you should try it. Yeah, exactly. And see if it really is like... I mean, not that I'm at those places all the time, but, you know. <laughs> you know, it's a special occasion. Go yeah, for it. sure. Well, you're not going to see... And if you see it on the menu now, then... In winter. Like, yeah. Yes. Then they're, having, they're having a go. Yeah. <laughs> Come spring, watch out for it. And that's another thing about 
also like buying seasonally as well. Like mm. if, if where's your asparagus come from if you buy it right now? In, I, I mean, you wouldn't want to think about it. So okay, you wouldn't. Yeah. So those are the pros. Yep. <laughs> Plus a tangent. <laughs> the cons <laughs> are extensive. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've got another pro. Oh, here we go. The crown is not expensive to buy, and yeah, and you get a year or two's growth. Yes, for four bucks or yes. whatever. Yes, that's a pro. Okay, mm. cons. Mm. They take up a metre circled. Yeah. You can't use that metre circled in wintertime. Or any other time of the year. Or any other time of the year. But it's not producing, it's not doing anything for you. Yeah. Including it doesn't even look nice. It doesn't even look nice. Mm. Do you know what I've pictured as you were talking about just now, Mm. as you were sort of describing it? It'd be cool if you were to do this to do some kind of and we spoke I don't know which episode it was but we spoke about thinking about your garden in 3D mm. it'd be cool to have like a climbing arch thing over that space so mm. it wasn't just dead space fear with that is it's going to block the sun so you still need sun for I guess you oh, don't get well, you many don't need sun in winter but but you don't get many climbers in winter either that won't so. be there in summer yeah no no scrap that mm. okay cons so I mentioned the space it seems like you've got to do a bit of work on your soil, but that's, mm. a, that's a, you know, a one-and-done type thing. It's so, a one-off if you do it well. Yeah. So I think for all of those wonderful – and sorry, you're not going to get anything for at least year three yeah. of when it's in the garden. The space thing for me is, is pushing it into the, to the high-effort categories on the matrix. Low reward, yeah. So we're talking about a superstar status or a wooden spoon mm. because – I can't think my life through 30 years in advance. <laughs> I'm going to give it a wooden spoon. And that kills me because... Because mm, you love it. Because I love it. Mm. And there are a lot of pros. And there are a lot of pros. So as, as you're ahead in that journey, mm. is it more superstar for you? I, I think this crop, more than anything else we've ever talked about, is so dependent on you and your life. If you live on you know your classic half acre oh yeah like a suburban yeah lot block uh you own it and you have no plans on leaving anytime soon absolutely get an asparagus in this winter like do it straight away Mm. but for someone else with a smaller garden or who's not who doesn't think they're going to be in that same place for 30 years like it really loses its appeal so it's like for someone it could really be a best on ground. Imagine in five years when you're doing pretty much jack I'm all. I'm going to take it. We've been talking about 30 years. I'm going to take it down to 15. Like yeah. if you think you're going to be there for 15 yeah. years. <laughs> Look, if you think you're going to be there for 10 years, yeah. it's probably very <laughs> beneficial. Yeah. So, you know, in five years, if you could rock out to your garden and you've got a shitload of asparagus, you love it, you know, you it would be expensive to buy and you've got heaps of it, blah, blah, blah. Brilliant, right? Mm. For a lot of other people... You could put it in and then move house in three years' time and then you haven't got any asparagus. And you've, just had, you've had eight asparagus beers for that you've, that you've three years of growth. <laughs> that you tended into these fonds and lovingly stakes so of the wind and blow them over and all this crap. So, look, I can, I can – probably the one thing, I can honestly see it fitting all four categories. Yeah? Depending on who you are in your garden. Yeah, that's true. For me, hoping not to go anywhere, got plenty of space, it's a superstar. I, it is. Is actually, it superstar or is it best on ground uh, now for you? Nah, the weeding really shits me. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much I hate weeding. Yeah, I do. And the other thing is I don't let the chickens around the asparagus to do the weeding. 
because I think they would actually take the whole plant down. Yeah, and you know the crowns are very fragile. I don't want the chickens. In yeah. It. So so I'm doing the weeding, and mm. I'm not happy about it. So you're right. It's probably never going to fit best on ground unless you love weeding. And it's probably not going to be a quick win. No, nothing quick about this. <laughs> <laughs> So you're it's, okay. It's you're right. It's on the high end. Spoon. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And for anyone who about. for anyone who grows their own asparagus already, let us know. Mm, definitely, definitely. And tell me, for someone that's a few years ahead and is nailing their fertilizing, how many? How much asparagus are we going to get? Yeah. What is the upper end here? This may be the longest episode we've ever done. Oh God, how long is it? Forty-seven minutes. Oh. <laughs> We can't make it a two-parter. I said, no. <laughs> Shall we stop? Yeah. Rooting for You is hosted by Elise and Tess. You can find us on Instagram at Rooting for You Pod or email rootingforyou at elisealexandra.com. 